To me, it couldn't be about selling stuff because I could go work for someone else and sell a lot of stuff and make a lot of money. It needed to be about more than that. For me, it had to be about being of service, being useful, helping people. Welcome to Beyond the Fourth Wall. In this podcast, we're investigating how the skills we cultivate as theater artists transfer beyond our industry. I'm Lindy. And I'm Joseph. Each week, I'll be chatting with creatives from many different industries. And every couple of episodes, I'll hop in with Lindy for a conversation connecting the dots and applying what we learn to our everyday lives. We're so glad you're here. Now get ready to go Beyond the Fourth Wall. Today, Aaron Williams moved to New York City from Texas to pursue a career in musical theater, but along the way, she found her passion in the world of skincare. She launched her company, Aaron's Faces, from her 5 by 10 kitchen in Queens, New York, and since then has grown it with an incredible mission of empowering, educating, and including women and the occasional gent, of all shapes, sizes, and shades. Her story is so compelling, and we're thrilled to share it today. Please welcome Erin. Erin Williams! Welcome to, the, <laughs> welcome to the Lexington Theater Company. Welcome to Beyond the Fourth Wall. I am so glad you're here with us today. Yay, thank you. I'm excited to it. So nice to get to see your face and hear your voice after a minute. So I'm really happy for everything you've built and happy to get to talk to you. Oh, I am so th- thrilled you're here. It has been a minute. It's been more like several years, but I've been... <laughs> Keeping up with you um, through social media and just watching you building your incredible company and this whole new career of yours taking off. For those of you who don't know Erin and Lindy's history, we met at the Jen Waldman studio back in New York. We had many uh, gorgeous acting classes together, and I remember those beginning moments of you sort of starting to dabble in the skincare industry and in the makeup industry as we were as we were acting in acting class together but before we get to all of that i would love to start kind of when you fell in love with musical theater tell us a little bit about what drew you to musical theater and telling stories through song yeah I don't get to talk about this very much, so this will be fun because nobody cares what I think about that anymore. They're like, great, how'd you build your business? My last name is Williams, and in Oklahoma, her name is Lori Williams, and my cousin's name was Lori, and I just was like, oh my gosh, what if I was in a musical, and Lori Williams is my cousin's name, and so I want to be in Oklahoma. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I love that. And I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful, and the dancing, and the voices and so pretty and then I went to go see Cats and Victoria the white cat uh I was in elementary school and you know they all crawl down the aisles and whatever in the opening number and I was sitting on the aisle seat and she like 
pawed me and I thought it was amazing. And I was like, I want to do this. I want all the things. So I got like the tapes for Cats and and for all these other musicals. And I just loved it. Well, I know you're not alone uh, in terms of the number of people who fell in love with musical theater via Cats. Um. <laughs> I think it's a small um, group of us, but I I stand by it. I really like that show. Absolutely. Well, Pat, Patrick O'Neill was our second guest in season one, and he has an amazing story about having the cassette tape of Cats as well. So once you fell in love, did you start taking lessons? How did you, how did you make your way toward New York? City and pursuing the theater industry? Yeah, I mean, I took dance classes from a really young age. Uh, I took ballet, tap, and jazz. I was in choir. My family was not familiar with how to professionally get into the arts. That's not something they had any background or awareness of. And I think they thought it was like a hobby as opposed to something that I would want to pursue. But they allowed me to do it enough that I wanted to do it. And so then when that was not seemingly a good choice, in their opinion, I was really confused. Because I was like, I went to dance class every day. Like, what did you think I wanted to do? They were like, go to school for business. And I was like, no. It was, it was challenging. So, but they did, uh, and I say the word allow me because they paid for my college. I had other people in my department. I was in the theater department at TCU and some of their parents, because they had chosen a theater major, were told, you know, if you're going to do that, I'm not paying for it. And my parents didn't say that. So it wasn't a very harmonious, like, choice for me to make, but they did pay for it. And then I finished school and I moved to New York to do the thing. To do the thing. And so, you know, I think it's so interesting that, you know, you're talking about you wanted to do this. It You had support, but it was sort of like, I don't, there's a little bit of skepticism. Did you feel like you had to just like dive deep within to be like, no, I, I know I'm making the right decision here. I know I'm walking forward on in this direction because that feels right to me right now. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, there's something in me that I don't know what it is because I have two really strong sides. One like needs approval and needs support. And then there's a part of me also that's like, I'm going to do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Whatever it is. And so I vacillate between those two people. And there was no question for me because there was so much opposition to me moving to New York City. And I just felt like I'm going. Like, what have I been going to school for? This is it. Like, this is what I want to do. You don't have to pay for it. Not that that was ever even an option. My family made it very clear. Like, once you're out of college, we love you. Have a nice life. Like, regardless of what you're pursuing. So I worked all summer, made money, got housing, and moved to New York. And then didn't have a job. And all my money was gone because I put it into first and last month's rent, and that's all I had. 
Um, so it was good for me because I'd, I've never been hungry. Um, I've never needed anything. And I remember, and I ended up getting a job at a makeup counter at the Urban Decay counter at Bloomingdale's on 59th and Lex. I think I didn't get the job for a week. And then it took a couple of weeks before you get your first paycheck. And, um, I couldn't afford groceries. Like I literally didn't have any money. I called, I think, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, my grandmother and my aunt. And I was like, can you send me groceries? And I felt so privileged because I remembered literally that spring we had had a food drive in our college dorm. And we had bought ramen noodles, like a ton of them, just because they were cheap and you got points for every item. And so we just bought those like willy nilly just to like load up and try and win this food drive thing. And I was used to ramen noodles costing 10 cents in New York City. They cost like 40 cents. And I was like, how am I going to eat? But the lovely thing about that was A, it happened and I think it was good for me. B, the blessing for me secondarily was I knew it was going to be over because I was going to be getting a paycheck. So I was very fortunate with that. And so once you got that job at Bloomingdale's with Urban Decay, sort of learning a little bit about the makeup industry, you were still pursuing the theater industry simultaneously. Yeah, I was 22. And I think I did theater until I was like 34 or so, whether it was pursuing it or actually doing it. It came to a a point where Aaron's faces just needed if it was going to survive and be a viable thing, it needed more attention, and I kind of had to choose. But it didn't happen overnight. No. I mean, I just kind of remember when you had the inklings of the beginning of the business. I remember you doing pop-up shops at, at like, Ripley Greer. Yeah. I totally <laughs> remember the pop-up shops. I love that you're sharing this story because I feel like, you know, if we go and visit your gorgeous website, Aaron's Faces, it's stunning and you've built this beautiful business and I think when we get introduced to people who have found success like you have it's so easy to be like oh it must have been so easy it must have happened so fast it must have been a a straight easy line a straight path but I mean you were talking about wondering when the next paycheck was coming and balancing your you know your love of of theater and acting with this new business and like and having to make that hard choice. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that pathway? Like, it wasn't an overnight moment. It took years. It took years of planning. I think for me, I loved this thing, which happened to be theater, so much. Like, I loved how I felt when I did it. And I loved the education component of it, the rehearsal component of it, like, everything. The challenge was... I was not in charge and I didn't really have any control because I didn't have, I wasn't the one producing or directing a show, you know? And so I want to do this thing, but I can't support myself doing it. And this other thing that I like to do that gives me purpose too, doors are opening much more consistently. And I get to do something that I really value and I just wasn't getting to do it consistently enough you know with theater and so there was shame with that there was hurt feelings with that 
There was feeling like I've abandoned this thing that I still love. And am I making the right choice? Am I, am I losing this forever? All, all of those things were real things for me. But helping women made up for a lot of that. And that's what I felt like I was doing. To me, it couldn't be about selling stuff because I could go work for someone else and sell a lot of stuff and make a lot of money. It needed to be about more than that. For me, it had to be about being of service, being useful, helping people. And I felt like I really got to do that with Aaron's faces. And I got to be in charge. I got to be the star of the show. You know, like I got to be, I could literally do whatever, not whatever I wanted because you're limited by, again, you're limited by finances as everyone is in the entire world. I got to do more. Erin, I love hearing this whole story, and I just want to thank you for so bravely sharing the hard parts because I feel like it's so important that we talk about it. And, you know, we've had so many guests on this podcast who have started in theater and either fully transitioned to something else or they still have one foot in theater and one foot in something else. And it's something that keeps coming up is this idea of, trying not to feel that shame and knowing that it's okay that we have more than one thing that we like to do. And even if we majored in something, got a degree in something, started down a long career path in something, if the path starts to shift, that it's okay to follow the new yellow brick road that's being laid out in front of us. And I just, I just want to thank you for being such a beautiful example of, Aww, of somebody who was like, I like this, but I like this. And I'm going to work and walk through all of this so that I can build this beautiful new company. Thank you. I also, of course, I knew this about you already, but I, I just love how much your heart is in service and that you're, you have built a whole business that is geared to serve, which is another topic that comes up on this podcast. So often, in fact, we were we're recording this after a recap episode that just aired where we were just talking about this powerful combination of what you like to play, the things that you love for you, theater and makeup. You're finding your passion, finding your purpose, and then like stepping into it with this intention to serve. And I feel like you have just followed that whole path. It's so beautiful. It's really what I was missing I did a, a lot of retail with makeup and skincare, and then I started down a really editorial path, and it felt fancy to me, and so that felt validating, but ultimately, it I just didn't love it because I was working with models and making models more beautiful, and I was like, what? and for a lot of people, that's very you know, it's, it's good for them and it's a good fit. I didn't really see how I was helping the world with that. And so after a particular fashion week, I went home and I, I'm a churchy girl and I prayed for purpose and I got this energetic answer over the next bit of time. Like you're going to start a, a beauty company. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to be on Broadway. That's not what we're doing. Thank you so much energetically I just got the answer like put your head down and keep working because this is it kid you know and I was like I literally was like I don't I don't want to do that 
I thank you. No, I want to do this other thing. As I said, the doors kept opening, the path switched, and there was just runway on it. Your company is called Aaron's Faces. I love your mission. To empower, educate, and include. And include. Yes, mm-hmm. to empower, educate, and include. And and I love that it's coming from this place of really wanting to serve and to work with women of all different shapes, sizes, and shades. I love that you say that on your website. That's so cool. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like that we as women are told that we should be, whether it's a certain size, a certain color, a certain hair texture, a certain type of skin, a certain body type, and it's not possible for everyone to fit into that. Like, it's just literally not possible, and it changes through the through the decades even, you know? And so even if you were that thing, you may not be it in a minute. We literally have a podcast about that because I had shared a story about being, quote, too big to run a beauty company. I don't look the way the people that sell you makeup and skincare look. Um, They tend to be models. They tend to be celebrities. And I look like a normal person who works a lot and doesn't, Like I eat some sandwiches, you know what I mean? And validating what I have to give, we were given the feedback that it made other people feel validated. And so I said, okay, well, that's my story. Someone else's story could validate someone else, make them feel seen, make them feel heard. And so we started down this path of talking to our clients on the podcast, but it's very similar to what you're doing, which is just basically shining a light on someone's experience so that other people can you know, hear it, feel seen or heard and or learn something if they didn't know it. And that's, I'm into that. I love it. I love it so much. It's so much more than a skincare and makeup company. It's empowerment. I hope so. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I feel like your skincare can be an arm of empowering you because if, there's something that makes you feel not confident. Can we take that out of the equation? So now you're not looking and feeling insecure. You're not looking inside of you and, you know, focusing on what's wrong with you. Instead, you're able to be like, it's like when you get a good haircut and you just walk around and you're like, you're welcome. You get to look at me. Thank you so much. Do you know what I mean? You know what it is though. When your hair looks amazing, you just feel like swish, swish. And I feel like when your skincare is where you want it to be, when your makeup is how you want it to be, and makeup could be 8,000 shades of stuff, it could be mascara and lip balm. Whatever your version of that is, when it is on point, you are confident and you are able to be your best self because none of this insecurity is happening. It's all focused outward. It's all focused on other people, not insecurity, but like your energy. And you're able to be your best self because this stuff, what we look like doesn't matter, but it matters. You know what I mean? It's that thing. So how can we take it out of the equation or make it fun, make it a fun thing as opposed to a really heavy obligatory less than thing. I feel very strongly about it. I can tell. I can see the passion coming through the Zoom screen. And I feel like, so when when I met you, you were working, you hadn't started the company yet, but you were working for other makeup companies. But I just, I have this memory of you, you know, with, with me, with other friends being like, 
come over. Let me, let me help you. Let me show you. Let me, let me, do you need help with the smoky eye? Let me, let, let me show you. And, and, and I just have this memory of you even before you had your own company, it was all about helping other people. You know, you were like, oh, you can't figure out this part of, of the skincare regimen. Come here. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. And so I just think that's so cool that it's, you know, it, those seeds, I feel like I remember them and, you know, and now it's blossomed into the mission of your company. How cool. Well, that's really, really kind. Yeah. I love helping I mean, I, I have a lot of things I need to work on. I don't mean to imply I'm wonderful and help people all the time, but I really do like helping people. I, I find a lot of purpose with that. And I think women specifically, I mean, we're supposed to roll out of the womb and, you know, do a perfect winged eyeliner and the right shade undertone of a red lip. And we're supposed to be able to pick it. Like no one teaches you how to do that stuff. I mean, now you can watch YouTube and learn how, but when I was growing up, no one taught us how. So I think helping people understand stuff that's right for them and why I think is something I'm very passionate about. So it's really nice that you remember that I, I was I like to teach people stuff. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. And and I would love just for you to talk us through. So like once you got that idea and you're like, okay, I'm feeling this energetic call to start this company. You'd been working in the industry and learning a lot, but now it was time for you to set out on your own. How scared were you? Not at all, because I felt like it was going to be easier than being an actor in New York City. Totally. That's the truth. <laughs> I was like, of course people will want this. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, literally none in the beginning. And so to me, I just felt like, well, I, I can do this. Like, whatever, we'll figure it out. And I've, you know... And I didn't think it would be employing other people. I didn't think it would be out of my house, you know, which we had, we've been in my house for seven, eight years. Only very recently have we been in an actual place paying rent, you know. So it was very holly hobby for the first three years, especially. So I, I didn't feel scared. I felt like this is great. This will support me. I can go do a show. I can come back. No big deal. This is great. And I'll help people and I'll be able to determine my own hours. And I won't have to have ideally a job to support my third job. So I, yeah, I, I naively had, I think, very little fear. Also, I was so resistant that I was like, fine, let's just do this. Like, fine. And when it came to the day that Aaron's face was growing to the point where you were like, all right, I don't know that I can keep managing the theater career and Aaron's faces and Aaron's faces is ready for the next step. What about that moment? That moment was really interesting because it happened without really thinking of, I mean, it was kind of a subconscious choice, but I had been chasing Fan of the Opera for like years and it just kind of finally came to the like, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm going to let it go. And I hadn't gone to an audition in two years. So like for anything, like I had been like, I'm doing Aaron's faces. This is what's happening. Great. 
And I got a call. They said, hey, we want you to come in. And I was like, what? They were like, we want you to come in. Um, it's for Madame Jiri cover for the tour. And I was like, I'm like vocally out of shape. Like she sings a high B flat. Okay. So, or B, whatever it was. But I had a month, which was very strange to prepare. So like every day saying the stuff and, you know, worked on it. And by the time I had to go to the audition, it was fine. But I remember it was a total different feeling. Old Aaron, which is technically younger Aaron, would have felt like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's happening. I can't wait. And I was like, I don't want to leave my business. Like, I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to leave my dog. And we just got a new mattress and I like it a lot. Like, I literally don't want to leave my mattress. And I was like, okay. And I, in, in my head though, I was like, well, I would make a lot of money. And that would be, it was the first time I was looking at theater like as a business decision as opposed to a personal heart-led decision. And I was like, I mean, I'd make a lot of money, which I could then put into Aaron's faces, which would be really good. And, you know, and I went and I had, an, um, for me, and you know when you have like a great audition, like you know when you literally couldn't have done it any better. And that's how I felt. And I did not book it. And I was kind of like, we'll see what happens if I book this and then I'll have to make a decision. But the interesting thing for me was it was not a, I'm dropping everything to live this life that I thought I wanted because I had created a different life and I actually really liked it. And that was a moment where there was, I didn't end up having a choice. You know what I mean? The choice was made for me. But, you know, when you don't know, there's a potential of a choice. And so, like, my husband and I had a big conversation about it. Like, all this stuff and, like, who would run Aaron's faces because I had a couple of people working for me at that time, but not, like, a lot. And so, yeah, that was that was when I was like, oh, we're literally, like, you can't, you, you're not doing that right now, like, anymore. So if someone calls you, I think you're going to tell them no. Which is weird. Which is weird when it's when it's been your trajectory for so long, but it sounds like it was affirming to you that you were like, I have two feet in this new career of mine and I, and I like it. And I like it. Yeah. And I, I do like it. That doesn't mean that like I wouldn't love doing theater and I wouldn't love to get to do that because I, I would. But I think it's different now because I have this other thing that I love a lot. I find tremendous purpose with it. And that's what I had been missing. I mean, it's just such a powerful story, Erin. And I feel like it has so, so many lessons in it for so many people out there, whether you're walking one path or a new path seems to be opening or doors seem to be opening in a different direction that wasn't what you originally set out to do. But you are just, you know, living proof of the beauty that can lie from taking that chance and walking in a new direction and seeing what beauty is there. But I think it's also because it's so rooted in your passion and because it's so rooted in your sense of service that it clearly speaks to your soul. Thank you. Yeah, it does. And I think the the fun thing about if you are an actor we're really good at stuff that other people are not comfortable doing. 
you know? So like I talked to other beauty founders and they, you could not get them on an Instagram story. Forget it. They will not talk. They're so uncomfortable. And I'm like, where do you want me? <laughs> you know? And I can talk anyone's ear off about anything. And so, and I think being able to walk in and read a room, like we've had to literally do that so many times in our lives. And that's a skill set that not everyone has. And it's a really useful one. I think being able to do something, realize this isn't working, whether it's literally a task or a concept that you're working with and switching. I think being an eternal student, because as musicians, I don't take it personally if someone's like, that's the wrong note. I go, oh, well, let's fix it. Sorry, I thought that was it. And we're always in class and we're always wanting to get better. That's a lovely thing in in the real world because I think a lot of people hit something, become an expert, and then don't feel like they need to keep learning and growing. And I feel like theater people want to grow. So there's lots of good stuff that I think we can bring to other joints, basically. I agree wholeheartedly. That was so beautifully laid out for us. And it is a perfect segue to my last question for you. Okay. Which is our signature question here at Beyond the Fourth Wall. So looking back... All the way back to Lori Williams in Oklahoma and cat falling in love with cats all the way through working your way to New York City, falling in love with skincare and cosmetics, building Aaron's faces to the beautiful company that it is today. What is one lesson that you learned or something that you've learned in your theatrical career that you think serves you best beyond the fourth wall? Oh, there's so many things. I think no one will believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, then no one will believe in you. You know, I just feel like if you walk into a room, whether it's an audition room or an investor pitch room or an interview room, whatever, no one will fight harder for you than you. And no one will believe more in you than you. And I think for women especially, that can be put through a weird lens of, you know, what if you're a lady, you know what I'm talking about. And so I think doing it anyway, but leading with service and kindness with that confidence and knowing why you're doing it, I think can dismantle and dissolve that negativity that can come with a woman who knows what she wants and knows what she's worth. I think that is so beautiful. And I just, I just can't help but think back to a few minutes ago when you were talking about the way that you feel after that fresh haircut, the swish swish. Exactly. How you feel when you have figured out what you want, you want to express to the world is your specific look that is unique to you and how powerful that is in doing what you just said, which is walking into that room, believing in yourself and putting out, putting that best foot forward. And that's what your company is all about. Uh, Thank you. Aaron Williams. (laughs) Uh, 
This has been magic. This has been so oh, much fun so kind, Lindy. to thank get to unpack so this. I mean, I just, again, I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this, for sharing so bravely and for, and for being willing to talk about the great parts and the scary parts and your passion behind your purpose. It is just so inspiring. Thank you so much for all your amazing work, for all that you're contributing to our beautiful community and, I'm just so glad to know you, and I will always treasure those beautiful moments of our acting classes back at the Jen Waldman studio. Thank you. I will say I treasure the memory of you getting a shoe thrown at you with your callback song for a chorus line when you were working on that, and then when you booked it. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. that. That night was crazy. That was a crazy it's night. Amazing. Oh, I remember finding out I was getting the show and coming straight to class and yep. we were all just jumping up and down. And uh, well, I am so glad I got to spend this beautiful hour with you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see you back sometime soon here on Beyond the Fourth Wall. We'll have to do another another chat. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for creating this space. I think it's so valuable. Well, thank you, Erin. We will see you next time. Check out Erin's line of skincare and makeup at erinsfaces.com or by following her on social media at Erin's Faces. To find out more about the Lexington Theatre Company, visit our website, lexingtontheatrecompany.org and follow us on social media at the Lex Theatre Co.